Welcome to the Smart City Podcast, the technology program that looks at how buildings, communities, and cities are becoming smarter, more efficient, and more connected. We look at everything from the big ideas to drilling down to individual projects and innovative ideas that impact your day-to-day life. The Smart City Podcast is brought to you by Locomobi World, moving the world through sustainable, frictionless, and secure solutions. Welcome to episode 33, recorded on January 19th, 2022. This week, it's all about robots. Locomobi is bullish on the future of robots and robotics, and we'll get some insight from both CEO Grant Furlane and President Brian Story. First, though, we have to get Grant in here with his news. All right, Grant, we're going to spend an awful lot of time talking about robots on today's program, so let's not go there for the news. What else have you got for us? Well, um, we're going to talk about a whole bunch of stuff. Um, so, and, and I want to... We always talk about just smart city. I want to talk to things more linked to it. Um, and this is one that a uh, subject that I don't think maybe anyone wants to talk about. But we're going to talk about Alan. Okay. Um, so Bill Gates is investing very heavily in something that I thought he would never invest in. Uh, and you probably know the answer, but I'm going to say it. I mean, you're, it's not, it's not um, quantum scape and all that stuff. He's investing in nuclear plants, power plants. He, I didn't know that. Thank you. Okay, so Bill Gates, uh, he's investing in a huge nuclear power plant in in Wyoming, in, in and it's in um, Kemmer, and it's a small little town. By the way, coal town. Okay, so what's happening is uh, Terra Power is now going has been chosen uh, to be the first sodium cooled nuclear reactor. Built now, sodium cooled means um, much easier to cool, much uh, more safe. Not only it's safer, but the process is much better. And he has bet on it. This is a town of like twenty five hundred people. Okay, um, and so therefore, I got to tell you, um, anyone that's in the world of the future of our cities and our communities truly want to go green. Unfortunately, he he knows something we don't know, that it's just not going to get there as fast as we want, and nuclear will be the new way to power things. So, you know, if it doesn't ever blow up, nuclear is very green, as we all know. Now, are, are we talking about full-on plants, or are we talking about the, the micro-reactors? Full-on plants. Okay. Um, and just so you know, I only bring it up because... This this plant is going. To, it's a 340 megawatt plant. It'll power because it's the whole place. 345,000 homes. 345 homes. This plant will power. Hmm. Okay, so um, it, it's a very experimental design. So this is just a proof of concept. Yes. At a peak capacity, they'll do 500 megawatts. Okay, well, they're going ahead. Has- when you, when you say they're they're building it, it's going ahead. Yeah. It'll yeah, yeah, but but what I'm saying is it's it's because they're doing it in such a remote area. Yeah, uh, away that's why from they're doing it. It's smart. It's smart. I mean, f- it's going to cost four billion. Whoa. Okay. Yeah, Actually, the, you know what? No, no. Four cheap. billion. Four, four billion dollars is really cheap for a, a, a nuclear. Five hundred megawatts, three hundred forty-five homes, four billion, and the Department of Energy is going to foot half the bill. Okay. And just so you know, um, it's carbon-free, guys. And so I think it's going to grow. They're going to be, well, okay. 
they feel this is the future. Well, okay. it's, it's not the it's not the micro plants, but it no. is smaller than the big regional plants that we see in so many places around the world, like a Fukushima, yeah. for example. Yeah, I agree. But but uh, I think that I, I do get it. I mean, I do get it that it, it could be it could be um, um, wrong. Uh, uh, but then, you know, when he did it, I read I started to read about it. And by the way, the energy at first will come from Russia. What, so, what do you mean? What? Huh? Yeah. The energy portion of it to energize will come from Russia um, because they have them. They've done it. Um, oh, yeah. I, I see what you say. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, so my point is, and that'll be interesting alone. We won't get into that right now. You have some Russia, but but the point being is, I I'm going to tell you what what got me watched was Bill Gates. Okay, so Bill Gates kind of knows stuff, and as you know, if you guys don't know, and it's worth just talking about this. Bill Gates is the largest landowner, private landowner in the United States. He is. There you go. Look it up. Big articles on it. And I said to to myself many times, why? The guy is so ahead. Why? Well, this just came out. So I had to read about it, right? Why? Sure. Okay. So if you go into Google, Google, uh, Bill Gates, landowner, you'll see. I think he's the biggest landowner in the United States. Knows right, more property than anybody. Okay. Um, Bill Gates. Okay. Go ahead. Here, Google it. Google it. Yep. <laughs> First thing that comes up. There you go. Um, and that's not new. Um, I've known that for years. And the guy, why? I always said, what the hell? Well, I know we all learned that land is everything, but he was buying up everything. I'm going. Yeah, this is, this is private owner of farmland. Yes. Yes, yeah, why okay. though? Why? <laughs> Boy, it it is. Like- yeah, yeah. I'll leave it at that. And you guys can put together all your own theories, uh, conspiracy theories and so on. But I think it's okay. pretty cool. Okay. Um next next yeah, story. Next one. Um I think this is pretty cool. And this is simply something that I believe is gonna be very important uh as we all go forward uh with um with the future of other things. And um, there's a there's a there's a company out there that um, that design have designed the ability to make drinking water from air. I saw that. Yes, and um, this is really cool. Good. I'm glad we're talking about because you know what, Alan. Now I'm sure people listen. Go. I knew that. I didn't. Okay. So you put this unit in your home or in a sports arena. And it produces water, purified water from the air. Now, if that isn't innovative, remember we always talk about it doesn't have to be like smart city, AI. This is innovative. I don't care what anyone says. It's, it's innovative. Um, I wonder what makes this different from like a dehumidifier. I don't know. Um, so they take what it does, it tests 10 liters. It produces at any time. 10 liters of fresh mineral water per day. 10 liters per day. All right. Okay. And that's, that's, just one of, that's just one of these small units. Yeah, yeah. And you can, oh, by the way, just, you know, you can buy it right now. Hmm. Okay. Um, so, by the way, I'm, I'm, I may do it. So, I mean, I just think it's pretty amazing uh, that they've done something like this. Um, so, it's really amazing. Um, the last one I want to talk about is city and future, and it is not technology. Um, okay. 
but it'll be interesting to see what happens. And I have posted the information on this already, but we'll talk about it anyhow. Um, LA. So as you know, the new thing now is there, the freight trains are being looted. Um, it's made all the news. You can go online and just type in looted trains and see pictures of all the train tracks. You can't even see the tracks. There's so many packages thrown on the train tracks, open boxes. And, and what I mean by that is, um, and, and my comment on that is, um, because they have changed the future of the laws in California, um, what is a misdemeanor and what isn't, no one's afraid just to go in and break into the trains. And they're locked, but they break mm-hmm. in openly. This is broad daylight, by the way. And they still go through all the packages, keep what they like, the rest they throw, and then they go sell them. Okay. Um, and the reason I bring that up is I want to tell you why I bring it up. I remember the days we would read about. I wasn't living those days uh, during the big mafia days that um, if you wanted, because the police could not take care of the problem, you actually went to the actual people who were part of the problem to correct the problem. And you would go and you'd hire private in quotes, security companies. And they did it. The automakers did it. By the way, the truckers, independent truckers union did it. They hired these enforcement companies to stop the hijackings, to stop all the stealing. The I know that Union Pacific may avoid even going through L.A. It's so bad. And what are they doing now? They're looking at hiring their own pri- okay, private security. Well, guys, this is unfortunate that we have to take 5,000 steps backwards and one step forward. So the future is bleak on, 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 on why you and I, Alan, and others are not getting our packages. People don't yeah. know that. People don't know that, though, okay? And, and I think it's real important we understand that um, uh, when you decide to make certain things a certain way, laws or whatever, and that's fine. Do what you want. It's your laws. Uh, and you have to live by them, and I get it. But understand, with that are consequences. And I think it's very big news. And I think it's, we're all, UPS, FedEx, Amazon, they're all getting hit. So, you know, it's not one, it's not one company. So um, I'm hoping that people will, will learn about this, voice their opinions, because it affects everybody. No kidding. Well, very interesting. Uh, thank you, Grant. We look forward to your next round of news next time. Robots. They've been a part of popular culture for decades and decades, but the whole concept of what robots are and what they can do is misunderstood. Since Locomobi is big into cutting-edge robots, Grant and Locomobi president Brian Story thought it was time for a little discussion. Before we begin, I want to recount a story of me going down Spadina Avenue in Toronto before Christmas. Uh, I was on my way south, and I ran across this little pink robot. It was about the size of an orange crate, had some wheels on it, nice happy face on the front. A big antenna out the back, and it was obviously trundling away to do some sort of delivery somewhere, uh, which I thought was pretty cool. People were stopping, taking pictures, and smiling at it. I I thought it was neat. But since then, Toronto has banned these things, saying that uh, they're a bit of a hazard on the sidewalks for people who are handicapped and and, uh, those who may not have full sight. So uh, we won't be seeing them for a while. But uh, we got to talking about this with with me and and Grant and, and, and Brian Story from Locomobi, and uh, thought we would perhaps do an entire show 
based on robots because God knows they come up in the program often enough. Right, Grant? Well, I, I, a great intro. And, and I'm jealous of you that you got to meet a robot downtown because I live on Oakville and we don't have robots uh, like that. Um, we have lots of robotic looking people wandering around their masks, but um, no, that's like that. Um, but um, you're right. The, the robot you had uh, is very interesting. And I think this would be a session for two reasons. One, um, as you said, we talk about robots a lot because you know what? They are the future of the smart city and smart community and everywhere. Not just, you know, it's kind of going to be our, our future. And, whether we like it or not. And two, uh, Locomobi is fortunate, uh, if you have anyone seen their corporate video, to be very heavily involved in the future of robotics. So the way I'm going to start this is very simple. And we're going to have a conversation, then I'll take you further down the path. Okay. Uh, I think what I'd like to talk about is robots, the acceptance to date, how many are out there, which a lot of people don't know, and then where we go. So I guess the first thing I'm going to ask everybody here, does anyone know what the definition of robot is? Um, well, are we, no, <laughs> if okay. you want to be honest. Yeah. Brian? Enlighten us, Grant. Uh, I love you like that. You guys know I like that. Okay. So I'm going to tell you two things. This is, I'm sure you didn't know, and that's fine. Well, a robot by definition is something, a machine that replaces human effort. Now, of course, guys, that can mean a lot of things. And quite frankly, we've had robots our whole life probably, but in limited capacity in robotics, which is another form where we can operate things, whether it be a crane with remote control or, or a car, but that is the robot. Anything that replaces human effort that and thought it may not resemble human beings in appearance of former function. Because remember, there's robots and humanoids. We'll talk about that later on. Now, one thing I will tell you that you also don't know, probably, unless you've been Googling on me, um, where the, the term robot derives from. It derives from a Czech play from the 1920s. You got it. Um, Robota is the name. And I bring it up only because Carl Kapek is, you know, as you know, is a playwright. And my, my wife was born in Prague, Czechoslovakia. So, um, correct. And I don't think many people know that. Um, I don't know why I know that. I I just do. (laughs) Yes, it does. Well, I mean, probably the most famous robot ever built was Frankenstein in 1818. Okay. Which was, and and, and I don't know if you know that, in the the play R.U.R. by Carol Capek, the robots were designed and then revolted and ultimately destroyed humanity. Now, think of this, guys. 1920. And let's say we'll get back to that one, okay? We'll get back to that later. Just remember that, okay? Um, so that's kind of that's kind of the the the, the um, we'll say the the form of where robots came from. I would doubt if many knew that, um, but in saying that, um, that's where it all started. And 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 now we're going to get into where we are today. Um, and, you know, I don't know if you guys know anymore. Uh, Brian, um, as you know, uh, in your world, uh, robots, and in my viewpoint, guys, um, the present-day robot, which is much different than the past robots we've seen where we have mechanical robots with arms that can even operate, those are robots that are still 
operated by people uh, throughout the process, unless it's a manufacturing robot that's done through a, a design process to do the same thing over and over. Great. We've all loved those and we like those, right? I mean, why wouldn't we like it, right? Uh, because that is part of, uh, of what it's all about. But the robots I'm talking about um, are more what has happened through um, the, what has happened in the industry that has been basically derived by what we'll say um, demand. And so um, in this area here, you have um, uh, the market share of robots, and we'll talk a bit about the size before I get into the, the demand. Um, I don't know if you guys know this again, but um, there are about 2.25 million robots operating in the world today. And they're projecting 20 million by 2030. And here we go. And, and um, I was talking to our, one of our producers, Rob, before the show, because he's bringing up China Olympics. Um, 14 million will be in China alone. Okay. So with that in mind, um, what has created the demand? Well, we can go backwards and talk about demand, but I don't think I want to. Um, because we know about all the things we did to automate. I get all that. But we know the demand has changed, okay? Um, so we're going to go from the smart factory of digitization, and I want to talk more about the robots that we're using for deliveries, logistics, human, human help, and all those type of things, because that's where I think it's going. Um, and, 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 and maybe I'm wrong, guys. That's, that's what I see. And um, I think that's kind of where we'll bring everyone into the, the fold. Um, Brian, um, in our industry, and, and that's why I brought you in, we say robots are here because they are needed uh, to enhance the operations of what we do. Would you say that's fair? And by the way, guys, a robot could be Google Glasses. It could be a lot of things. Brian, maybe let me chime in here and... Go wait, ahead. wait, 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 stop, stop, go stop. Ahead. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. So uh, how do Google Glasses fit into your definition of robot? Well, think of it. Um, if, if I have a, a vision, something that's vision, that automatically does things on my face without me touching it and displays and does actions based on what I see, that's a robot. Think of it. Okay. All right, fine. I know. No, 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 but that's a great question because... Um, and Brian's going to take you through that because we are doing a lot of this now and people don't even know it. And, uh, uh, but, but that's a good question. Go ahead. So to that point, it's, it's, an, it's an excellent segue because I look at it differently. So how Grant sees it that way, it's, that was a necessary uh, logic that any capable robot that we foresee in the future that can be applying the applications and the solutions we, we see them to do so, they will need to have that logic in them. So what, what you could put onto a wearable, a smart device, you're just putting on a quote-unquote smarter device called a robot. Okay, Alan? Okay, so that, fair enough. Okay? Fair enough. So fair I enough. see it as, so in other words, it's, it's, a, it's a baseline fundamental, right? If yeah. you If you can't put it into an intelligent, uh, uh, device, then how is it going to work on quote unquote a robot? But, you know, so I'll just, so thank you for the floor, uh, Grant. I was just going to go and lighten the mood a little bit. You know, a, a, a person in my generation, our first robots, you probably all can recall, 
that came out of Japan and it was in the 1980s. And if you went to any science center, it was this little kind of girthy, (laughs) not thin little uh, bot that walked around. It was very gimmicky. Um, And that was my introduction to a robot. And what was amazing with it is it brought science fiction to the reality in my brain as a child. It's like, wow. We're, we're now in the future. What did it do in the capabilities was a toy. It, it was so rudimentary, it was unbelievable, but it didn't matter. And then, as you say, Grant, we got into the whole automation of robots. So all, and as a, as a teenager, that's exactly the field. That's why I went into electronics. So there's been a little fun fact about me, uh, interesting enough, because they're like, wow, I get to work on, quote unquote, robotics in the manufacturing side and all this kind of stuff. And then as we grow... My, uh, my, the robots we're talking about on this show, I actually was at a security show not too long ago, probably about five years ago, Grant and Alan. And my biggest disappointment and surprise, and I know you're going to take us through, so I'm not going to steal any of your thunder, Grant, is I, I approached them as, as any good tech savvy uh, business industrious would, right? Hey, how can I get my hands into this and get at that time the company I'm re- representing involved in this? And they repelled it. It was unbelievable, the lack oh, of integration. Sorry, Brian, 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 who repelled it? The robotics, the individuals that were showcasing the robots. Wow. Can I tell you what? You, you were with major manufacturers. You, were you with got it. The big guys. I was the, the second, largest, uh, 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 second largest access control company in the world. And, and they repelled and you. Flat out, we're not looking at integrations right now. So immediately, wow. you imagine you're, you're just mindset. You went from captivation to... What are they hiding? What's the limitations? And, and sure enough, that's the problem. Because they were so difficult to, and it actually comes right back to what Alan said, because the limited functionality of this, of this uh, device, complicated device, uh, was still uh, extremely limited that they were, they were even resistant to even talking to those, those type of larger companies. It, it literally knocked my socks off. Here's the next thing that, that was unbelievable. They didn't show up the following years. So they did this unbelievable, very in- interesting introduction, trying to penetrate into uh, an industry which can use that technology in time, um, and uh, was was pretty, uh, uh, quite frankly, was was uh, uh, very noticeably limited in what they could do. So that was my little intro I wanted to say about my background. Of, of then I entered the world of of uh, Grant. And a robot is almost, uh, you know, your lunchtime discussion. It's, you know, of course these, of course these things exist. Brian, hey, Brian, do you have a full commercialization plan on, on our, on our uh, you know, our next generation of, uh, of uh, employed uh, personnel uh, that we would call, quote unquote, robots? So a lot of fun. So yeah. absolutely, there's a lot of real needs and applications, which doesn't displace. I loved your definition, because uh, the last thing I'll say, Grant, is, this also remind me when I sat in on Microsoft, the future is now when they really were highlighting Azure and trying to compete one-on-one sure. against yep. AWS. Yep. And the whole thing about AI, which frankly, it, it, it wowed me. The whole, yep. I did not realize how much AI was used at that time. Again, this is the late teens. And, yep. um, and, this is, and that's the same thing. Is the whole, it's unbelievable of the initial, uh, well, but it's bad. But well, why is it bad? Define bad. Because it's actually achieving problems that we could, as a human race, we could not achieve with our current technology. So it's enhancing us to overachieve. 
And I just see that exact same application now with a physical uh, piece of a smart equipment that we call robot. So that's my little brief introduction. Okay. This has already destroyed my view of robots, which I believe look like Commander Data from Star Trek or Rosie the Robot from uh, the Jetsons. So. Hey, here's one for you, Alan. Hold on. Do you remember in black and white, Lost in Space? Robbie the Robot. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. So I just thought I'd bring that up. Sorry. Let's let's talk about Locomobi's world when it comes to uh, robot applications. What what are you guys working on? I have no idea. I know that you've got the secret room in the back of the, the office, but what else are you working? What are you working on that you can talk about? I think it's appropriate for Grant as a visionary to uh, lead us off, and then I'll oh, fill in. Okay, Grant. okay. So um, as you guys know, uh, me and Barney uh, Barney Pell is one of the leading AI guys in the world. Um, We've always yapped about robots, and I've been excited robots since they existed. Um, and but never thought, you know, I'll, I'll be honest, I didn't think we'd be talking about robots this today in this day and age. But uh, I've always felt that uh, robots would be a future. Uh, my first in, uh, introduction to robots in a big way was when I went to a um, a a, um, a, pro, a presentation. Uh, um, in New York as a speaker, and it was the future of technology and the cloud. I know you're going to laugh. And it was big. It was a big thing. And it was uh, sponsored by uh, CNBC and one of the major accounting uh, firms. And we were greeted by robots. And that was it for me. I mean, you can go and Barney can go where he goes. I followed it around. And so I knew at that time, guys, and it was very limited, but it was a robot. And I knew at that time that uh, it would be the future. I just didn't know when it would fit into our vision of the smart city infrastructure world. And so when Brian came on board, I set the, the wheels in motion, I think, um, and quietly on my own started working on things. And while Brian kept focused on implementing what Locomobile was doing in the smart infrastructure world of transportation. Uh, hence what leads up to, um, we now have viewed it as our next stage and uh, Brian uh, has seen lots of, uh, of opportunities there and, uh, and together we're working on implementing our cloud engine right in the robot's head. And, and Brian can talk a bit about- uh, Okay, stop. Here, Brian's from the, okay, sorry. Stop. Oh. Locomobi World is a parking, transportation, and infrastructure company. Correct. Where do robots fit in and all that? Go ahead, Brian. I'm glad you asked, Alan. So think of, so what do we do, by the way? Let's just get a little bit of education. Most of what we do, which is a live audit trail of every vehicle in and out of a, of a, of a community or neighborhood or building, and then we apply all the different applications to it. So it could be revenue control that we all call parking. It could be access control. And more importantly, it provides that security for when vehicles should and should not be there and so on and so forth. And all to manage that is a pretty rudimentary system right now and costly. So we're fixed, what we call a fixed stationary points of data collection, right? So fixed LPR is the technical term in the industry. Um, there's mobile LPR. Well, Mobile LPR is extremely expensive. So in other words, there, there is a, a, a barrier entry. So if you, if you want to, you want patrols, 
um, it's, it's extremely costly. So um, with just taking one small little application to answer your question, you can now have a dedicated, uh, I will say, uh, investment and or service, because we're rolling it out in different uh, business models, uh, that will now do live patrols beyond a fixed point and that can do more effective enforcement in a much more costly and efficient manner. That's just one. So the robot's going up and down and checking every single vehicle. Should you be there? Should you not be there? That's just one simple application. All right. So so basically, uh, a type of security guard, a type of parking enforcement. That's what it is. Um, okay. Yeah. But, but, but it is. It is. It is. But also... It's a point. It's an interface point. So yes. potentially payment station. More importantly, convenience. This is going to be in time. This is going to be sought out. You're going to look. Wait, where's? Uh, can I say the name, Grant? But you know, sure, where's? Sure. Where's Moby? I need Moby, um, and I'm. I am the. I'm the patron. So I'm representing myself as a patron here. So I'm in a. I'm in a lot, a garage, where wherever anywhere on the street possibly, but I don't want to speak for the municipalities. And and it's going to be so interactive and potentially full of benefits so that it will be this uh, this device that everyone will be searching for beyond their phone, right? So you can do a lot on your smartphones now. You now have a dedicated machine that is uh, doing its routines that are for the benefit of the patrons in a very broad sense. Yeah, not... No, that's good. Um, I, I think that um, it, it's funny because um, when I was doing a lot of research on, on when we should come up with this, and uh, I, I wanted three functions that were very important. One, it had to be autonomous, Alan. Now, uh, okay, so it can't be a robot that has a central station that moves them around high and talks to an intercom. This robot had to learn had to be functionary, um, so it had to be autonomous. So it was learning all the time. Two, it had to do more than read plates. I don't know why, I just felt that. By the way, the economies of scale are, robots are, say, to last between 13 and 15 years. I doubt the will only because of technology, not because of mechanical ability. Two, that means that payback is probably two years. Can you imagine that? Two years, can you imagine having this enforcement system that's paid off in two years and last 10. Um, and by the way, it never, it never circumvents the system. It never takes away and gives people privileges and it collects all the data. And I thought you should be able to pay it. Tap his head, do whatever you want to do. And so that was the second one. You had to be able to do some type of interaction. And that would be through tapping his head to pay he could give you directions to where you're going when you park the shop. It had to be more than these conventional robots. And the third thing had to be, it had to be able to go outside. Okay, so we live in Canada and robots are going to have to go out and go down the sidewalk and go through the rain. So it had to have the environmental abilities, which basically limited almost every design out there. Hence why we had to design our own. And those were the three things I felt we had to have. And, and Brian um, excitingly already announced his name, which is Moby. And we'll be having um, a whole series of um, media 
um, followings of introducing Moby and the world of Moby as he gets ready to work one day in the workforce. Hmm. So, Alan, let's let's uh, speaking of excited. Let, let's go beyond that. Just try to paint a picture. So you can carpet blanket a um, hundred cameras in a graph, you're going to have blind spots. So mm -hmm. having this mobile device data collection area, one third of crime starts, and by the way, it's growing, growing trend because oh, of yeah. the rare of materials course. and everything else in vehicles. So one, th so it, it's not coincidence that that's why Hollywood loves to have the, you know, the, the big plus usually it's either starting or endings in a garage. So <laughs> You, you now have this safety device, those they don't call security, safety device, data collection point that is literally going to be going around and going, you know, literally just given expanding it is, excuse me, you're not changing a tire. What, what are you doing here? Or yeah, God forbid, someone's actually getting attacked. And See, now, that's autonomous. That's autonomous. You got it. I, right. I'm hitting the autonomous brand, right? So where now people might be, you know, what's a, what's a robot and they're seeing the negative. It, like I said, you'll be sorting this out. It would be, oh, just like you, you feel rest assured when you see a police cruiser or a police officer, you now see, oh, this device. And if I'm in, in sight of it, and I'll put those air quotes, um, it, it is keeping you peace of mind. It is, uh, you're being viewed and being protected because they will learn what's right and what's wrong behavior. So it's very exciting beyond just, quote unquote, the parking world. And I love how you set that up, Grant, because as you can tell, we tend to take parking in a very different uh, vision of what parking is uh, previously. Well, well, it's funny you say that. See, I, I view parking as a car being stopped, Alan. So I, as you know, we track can track cars as they go through a drive-through. Um, geez, um, my wife was just yesterday at Canadian Tire and said the curbside performance was absolutely shameful. It was so bad. I pulled up. They didn't know who I was. Didn't know what to do. Didn't know where to go. Can you imagine if you had that all automated? They greeted you out there because you know what we're forgetting. All this, okay. So I want to go to this, and then I don't have questions. This, but the pandemic has honestly created it to be much more required. The new social world has created the robot that you saw, Alan, on the street, right? That create those drop off deliveries by robot. That was not robots didn't create the demand. The public did. And I want everyone to understand that we didn't say let's go make a bunch of robots and take people's jobs. We didn't do that. The public asked for robots. Why? They wanted all these things to be done. Some didn't want to do it for good reasons. Others wanted to do it. Then there was technology. People said, "Hey, you know what? We can take care of this in a an incredible new way of doing business." And I don't believe it changes, guys. Online shopping, online media. We just happen to be now, guys, part of that infrastructure. And that's where I think it's going. Can we go back to the parking lot robot for just a second? Sure. Uh, all right. So the, the robot uncovers something nefarious happening. It's, yeah. it's, it's not a, a RoboCop 8209. It is. No. It is so it, it's not there to enforce. It's just there to surveil. Is that? God, correct. Um, what we don't want to be is we don't want that to be the guard who has to fight with that person or the cop or anyone. No. What we're there is simply to say, hey, something's happening. Then we can make a decision. It can call security. It can do nothing if it's something small and just report it. But the point is you are never, ever 
we are never doing anything that in any way is going to create any type of uh, in, interface that would be uh, harmful to anyone. And hence why, Alan, you said something really important. Hence why we did not design a humanoid. There'd oh. be nothing worse than this creepy humanoid walking up to someone on the street or even worse, in a parking garage. Because Attention. they're crazy. Attention, yeah. citizen. Oh, God. And, and but think of how they are now. They look, they look so real that we on purpose have Moby with a head, round head, and you saw the video, and he talks to you, and it'll be fun. People will engage. We're a humanoid. I think, oh, my God, this is like mental. I'm not going here. This is crazy. And we don't want to create that. And, and I know that's going to come. But we'll cross that path when it comes. Okay. Promise me that one day you'll have freaking laser beams. <laughs> well, um, funny you say. They will have built-in LIDAR, and they will have the ability to do things that uh, you want it to do, just not laser beams that are kind of cut people up. <laughs> but yeah. I understand. That's, gonna be the, that's the South African model. <laughs> oh. oh, I saw that movie too, yes. Yeah, yeah guys. <laughs> but, but, but we really think of it. But, but hold on. I mean um, – I think what people don't understand is we will create a whole new industry of employment. Um, we will do things that, quite frankly, people don't want to do. And the ones that are doing it are put in that position that they don't want to be because it's scary, but it's their job. And we will make things more efficient for everyone. And what will that do, guys? Keep our taxes down, our costs down, and we'll make everyone much happier. And isn't that what we're supposed to be doing? Yeah. Um, and, and I'm not building robots to go in the army and robots to go fly to the moon. They're there. Don't get me wrong. Um, but that is not what we're about. We're about interfacing with people, uh, interfacing with um, um, clients and making everything better and more efficient. Yeah. OK, here's a word, guys. I know it sounds weird. Fun. All right. So you're talking about benevolent, helpful, fun robots. No difference than what you're going to see in every restaurant, in every hospital, in every table type of hotel in the future. Okay. I have seen them in operation. I mean, uh, years ago, the CBC, in their, when their headquarters in downtown Toronto was still brand new, they had a mail delivery robot that would follow a that's track. That's how it started. No, yeah. but that's how it started. Now there's and no track, right? Now there's no track. And then... Uh, in Singapore, I was in, I think I told you this, I was in a hotel and I ordered some towels. And rather than somebody from housekeeping coming up, they sent a robot with a little okay, face you on know, it. So, Alan, so you know, you should talk about that because that is not what people have seen here. And you're right. Good old, like, as, as, as Brian's correct, Japan started it all. They were the tech center at the time and they started robots. But the um, Singapore, uh, South Korea, um, China, They've taken out oh, Germany. I don't want to know. Seriously, and, and of course, very good, strong engineering group. They've taken it to the next level. And what you saw as normal, they have robots that actually enforce littering in Singapore. So if you throw something in the ground, the robot will say to you, hey, you're littering because they want to keep everything clean, efficient, and COVID. You're you just nailed it, Greg. I was going to yeah, say, so, the word yeah. fun it's fun for compliant people, right? See, we're such good subjects that we always think about we're going to do the right thing. In the world of parking, typically you have a lot of people that is, they actually are, those are a little out of joint thanks to Locomobile World because 
you got away with a lot of free stuff coaching on, frankly, it, it's no different than any other real estate. So, yeah. so hey, if you're compliant, you're going to love Moby. If you're not compliant. Yeah. Well, actually, think of it, guys. How many times have you parked downtown or here, even in Oakville, get out and going, Where do, where's this place? Where do, where is this place? Can you imagine if you walked up to Moby and said, he says, oh, are you parking? Yeah, okay, tap my head for $5. And you go, oh, where's, so, where's this place? Where is, uh, you know, the master restaurant? Oh, it's three blocks away. Would you like directions? Could you imagine that, guys? There is no way you could train to have people doing that efficiently. But can you imagine if Moby could do that? Now, if you can, Alan, here's the answer. It doesn't. <laughs> okay. I, one last question here, because this is yeah, just fl- yeah. flown, flown by. When you design these things, mm-hmm. uh, there is how much anthropomorphic design are you going to use? You say you don't want it to look like a humanoid. It doesn't. What, what do they look like? They look like A2D2. They are robots. Some have round domes. Some have uh, wide heads. Um, and you can go and look at our corporate video because it's one in it that we use for enforcement that we'll be releasing next quarter. This time, sometime this year, it's being final build after testing is done now and tested, and we did a video with it. Um, the the idea being, it's going to look like what you really would see in your hotel, but maybe bigger. Um, it will be, um, and it may change over time because it's our first stab at it. And um, but the fact is. Um, the the idea is to be something that will be recognizable right away as a robot. You would not recognize a humanoid until you get up close. So, you know, the humanoids now that are being sold in the Middle East uh, and in China, um, unless you got up close, you wouldn't know they're humanoids. We're not doing that. They're robots. We're not doing that, Alan. It's going to be recognizable right away by like, oh, that's the Moby robot. You know what I mean? And that's what you want. So these aren't like 10 feet tall. They're going to range five feet, four feet, five feet, so everyone can access them. And here's the good news. Kick it, punch it. Go ahead. It's made for wear and tear. It knows what it's doing. It's not going to kick back. So if you want to take out your frustrations, you won't like it because we're going to film you, but you can. Okay. And we're going to actually allow people to interact without taking any abuse. Think of all the great things that this thing's going to do. And Alan, just so you know, we already have a home for our first robots. Oh? Yes. So we will announce that over the next quarter. They'll be installed and running. A customer has already engaged with us to put them in. Really? Okay. Well, I've, yeah, got, really. A, I've, <laughs> I've, uh, I've got a Roomba, which uh, I got two Roombas, actually. One for the main floor, one for the basement, which are robots, right? Made Absolutely. By Absolutely. Robot. Yep. Uh, there is somebody in the neighborhood who has a lawnmower that yeah. is GPS enabled and cuts the lawn by itself autonomously. So the next thing I'm looking for is a robot that goes and picks up dog poop. Can you uh, yes. get on that maybe? Well, I won't, but that's a standard <laughs> robot now. Like you can get robots now. Well, Alan, when I it's good you bring it up, and we're gonna have more oh, Ray, on this. If I may, Alan, just change your route, and maybe if you go into one of our future uh, car parks, then then maybe it will. <laughs> <laughs> I like that, but Alan, you know what? Uh, because we know you, we'll find something for you. Okay. okay. 
Thank you. Because um, uh, I have two dogs and they eat well. Let's just I have four dogs. Yeah, so, four and, dogs uh, now? Yeah, there you go. Four mm-hmm. dogs. Yeah, I know, Alan. It's tough. But my best one is still my my bull terror that you have. Yes. And, uh, and I wouldn't want to. Now, oh, by the way, there is a robot bull terror. Oh, okay, no. That will, that no, will no, any, no. Yes. Oh, but, but you understand, guys. Well, let's talk a bit about that for fun at the end. But remember, these robots get programs. And when you get autonomous, there will be dogs that will be autonomously learn everything you want. Everything you want, Alan. So it'll give the characters of the of the dog you want, and it will learn. I know it's crazy, and I don't think I want it. The only advantage of that is they don't die, right? Okay? And they don't look like. Please tell me that they don't I mean? look. At, please tell me they don't look as scary as those Boston Dynamics things that. Undyke. No, 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 no. These are real. They okay. look like the real dog. All right. Oh no, no. Now, good point. So Boston Dynamics was bought, as you know, by Hyundai. By Hyundai, yeah. and uh, why? What do Hyundai known for? They have mechanical robotic garages. They are big and robotic arms. The, you know, they don't just make cars. As you know, it's a small part of the company. And so it makes total sense that they bought Boston Dynamics. And where are they from? Of course, Korea. Right. They're the robotic centers. So good point, Alan. Well, this has been fascinating. We're going to have to revisit this maybe in, in six or nine months because I have a feeling that this field is advancing very, very carefully. And there will be plenty to talk about in that uh in the interim, right? Yeah, I think we're going to hear it not just from us, but if you people follow Brian and Locomobile World through all the social media, they're going to get to learn to know about what we do, but it's going to be everywhere. We are we are not going to be something special. We will be in our industry. We'll be the first for sure. I think we are by far the first. Um, but yeah, you're going to see this everywhere. And that's it for this edition of the Smart City Podcast. If you have any questions or comments about robots or anything else to do with smart cities, send them to feedback at thesmartcity.blog. And check out the website, thesmartcity.blog. Note that URL. The Smart City Podcast, brought to you by Locomobi World, moving the world through sustainable, frictionless solutions. Executive producer is Grant Furlane. Technical productions by Rob Johnston. Executive assistant, Andrea Crawford. I'm Alan Cross, and we'll see you next time.